Hey, Valentina, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hi, Ergen. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm great. Uh, I love your name, by the way, Valentina. <laughs> Thank you. So Albanian. Pretty cool but so European. A lot it's of not European Albanian. Stuff. I think it's more Roman. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. I didn't know that. A lot of yes. Europeans have this name, so it gets confused. Not a lot of people know where I'm from. So Valentina, you run a really successful online jewelry store. You were, you're the founder of the business. You design all your jewelry. Please tell us a little bit more about how you first got started into this industry and in founding this brand. Obviously, I'm Albanian and I really wanted something to represent my culture. That's very big within me, you know, so I wanted it big within my brand and, you know, it represents me and obviously it shaped me and my character. So it took me a long time to come up with the name, but it really represents most women just because I feel like it represents the multifacetedness of women. Because when I was designing, you know, I felt like, you know, my designs had all these characteristics that were you know, almost opposite this like duality in them of like just being soft, but also, you know, some masculine traits in there and like, you know, some harshness in there and like really strong features. And I feel like the name Vise is also multifaceted. So technically, you know, it translates to girl, but you know, it also means like a younger girl. It also means an unmarried girl. So I feel like it's, you know, used in a lot of places. And I felt like that really represented what I wanted out of the brand and made sure that, you know, I had my Albanian roots in there. So fun fact for the non-Albanian listeners, um, <laughs> in Albania, there's multiple words for girls. So you have chica, chupa, visa, yes. obviously, gota. And I'm guessing, yes. I'm going to make the assumption that you went for vice because of the V, your name because of the <laughs> yeah. V. So you went, yeah. But uh, yeah, just because, I mean, right, there are even different names or, or different words for girl and then you get to woman, right? Because a lot of people ask me, why wasn't it woman? I'm like, I really liked vice. I just felt like I said, like it had the multiple meanings to it. I feel like that it just clicked once I thought of it. How did you first get passionate about jewelry? Because you do design these yourself. So how does one discover that they're good at designing jewelry? Right. <laughs> right. Maybe chance. So I, I mean, I'm technically not trained in making jewelry or designing jewelry. So this is way back when I've always been a creative kid. I always was drawing. Um, I would literally like draw my dolls and, you know, nature. So I was always into the arts but I never felt like I could make a career out of it. So I never thought I was a designer just because, you know, with my generation, I just feel like you're kind of pushed into business almost with being an older millennial. Um, so I'm not trained in it, but I always liked styling things. So as I got older, out of, you know, drawing, no time for drawing anymore aside from schoolwork. So I was always into styling, you know, and I always had my friends and family actually come to me you know, either to borrow pieces. So, you know, jewelry, I always had a huge collection of jewelry and accessories. So they'd come to me, of course, to borrow it, hopefully give it back or style them. And I was always taking things apart as I just got older. So I would just, you know, like make belts or I would sew different buttons on shirts or just a way to kind of change things up. Cause I always had just my own look and my own style. Again, I didn't think that this was a career. This is just something I enjoyed outside of what I did, but then I felt like this was happening more and more often. I'm like, why don't, and I always wanted my own business, but I never knew what that would be, right? You know, I had this aspiration. I'm like, yeah, maybe one day when I'm older, I have nothing to do. But I was like, you know, maybe this could be something. So I actually started 
it was more so wholesaling. So I was curating a collection. It was solely online. So I started this collection with a friend and I was, you know, basically purchasing wholesale pieces meant to be resold. And, you know, I was picking those out because I was like, well, let's see how this does and just started it from scratch. Again, no, you know, I didn't know how to start a business at all. So I just had to figure this out, get the LLC, all the taxes, all the things, made my own website. I made the logo, just really, you know, bootstrapping this thing. And, um, you know, we're like, okay, let's see how this goes. Well, I loved it. I loved being involved in every single part. Um, I loved curating the collection, finding these pieces, you know, styling everyone. It just made me really happy to see joy and make people feel confident in what they're wearing and accessorizing them. And that really kind of stemmed from even just letting people borrow my things. You know, I loved making them feel good about something and having them feel comfortable and confident in what they're wearing. So that was going well, but I'm like, you know, this isn't for me. I don't like that we're not making the jewelry. You know, there's quality issues everywhere. And so I'm like, you know, let me step back. And it didn't work out, the partner. I'm like, I want to do my own thing. So I took about like two years off. So closed that down. So it took two years off. And I just really started figuring out. I, now I tinkered here and there. I knew how to solder. I knew how to like put things together, set stones, but not full metal smith um, and creating something from scratch. So that's where I took the time to actually learn about it. I worked with metal smiths how I can actually take my own design because now I wanted to make my own designs and bring them to reality. So how does like something from a sketch on a piece of paper turn into this refined piece that somebody could wear? Right. So yeah, I took that time. Go ahead. Sorry, we're going to ask something. No, I was going to say, <laughs> right. So you, Jump in. <laughs> you, first, you first tested the idea. You saw there was an appetite mm -hmm. for it. And then you thought, you know, because of the uh, early success that you were getting, you wanted to just push it forward. And at this time, you want to be more involved with your own designs and actually do it from scratch rather than wholesaling, as you say. Yes, exactly. I felt like it was it was time and I realized it was something that I really wanted. That first concept wasn't working out, which, which was fine. You know, I enjoyed what yeah. I did, but I'm like, you know, I feel like it would be more fulfilling and I feel like I would enjoy designing my own pieces now that, you know, I see, I really loved the process and people re responded to it. Yeah. And you've got quite a large collection online as well. So it's not like you're limited in your designs. You've obviously you're very creative in that you've got quite a, a number of items on there. And also um, I noticed that the names that you were using are named after Albanian women. So if anyone one of the Albanian baby names. It could just go to your website for inspiration. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for the compliment. And yeah, uh, that's what I was afraid of when I first started this process, the challenge of, you know, will I be able to be creative and come up with all these designs for every, you know, season or whenever I launch? So um, there hasn't been a shortage of that, which is a good thing. And yes, that's a part of really the brand that I wanted to make sure I included is I wanted all of the pieces to be named after have Albanian names rather. So I really think about those. I actually take a lot of time to think about the names and think about really like the piece's personality, so to speak. So I feel like I design something. I'm like, what, what is this? You know, what does this look like? So I feel like they always tie together and I'm always looking for ideas. So anybody online can actually look for Albanian baby names, but um, I'm always taking ideas as well. And I've discovered that with my customers. I've discovered new names. I'm like, wow, I've never heard of that. So yeah. that's been really fun to see that and um, 
see different names around the world. So if you know, for example, uh, Leonora, who's a real bitch, and you don't like the design, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like the design, you are uh, right. messing in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what I love too, is a lot of people, that's how they gift things as well. Or, you know, if they see that a piece is named, you know, after their name, you know, they're more inclined to buy it <laughs> or they like it as a gift. You know, I just had somebody, there's an era collection really it's like a bracelet and a ring and so they bought it as gifts so i feel like they um they make really great gifts and it's something you know meaningful okay now that's really cute actually uh having it personalized and especially having a collection that has a theme going through it rather mm -hmm. than um just having generic names you know bracelet right. number one or bracelet number right. two. Right? <laughs> it, it, no, it's pretty pretty attractive to see as a collection on your website are most of your jewelry gold-based so it's it's a wide variety so i do when i started i really wanted this to be you know affordable so i really wanted to focus on the designs because i wanted that like the center of it i wanted them to be more accessible to a lot of people so i didn't start with solid gold so i have a i do have solid gold pieces and diamonds and i want to expand into that because a lot of people have expressed interest because they you know these have been like really special to people and they want to keep them for a long time and pass them down so i will do want to expand more on solid gold but most of the base of my jewelry is either brass or sterling silver and then i do um, heavy gold plating so that you know it still lasts a long time but it's affordable you can still wear it a lot it's still very good quality and the wear has been great and the, everyone's receiving it very great but like i said i've expanded into multiple so you have more of the heavy gold plate, which will last you. And then I do have the finer jewelry collection. I put that in quotes. <laughs> we have the fine jewelry as well. So you, it, it's a mix. It's just so that, you know, I feel like I want something for everybody, you know, which is hard to obviously please everyone, but uh, that's kind of like the majority of what I have in metal. Are you exposed to any gold pricing or silver pricing fluctuations or any uh, precious metal pricing fluctuations? Oh, yes, yes. The gold is very expensive right now. So that's been the challenge for me. But it's it's not so well, I've always just kept my prices the same, even though everything has gone up um, just for my customers, because I just set the price at a certain piece and I leave it at that. So I have had to bear the costs of, you know, any fluctuation. But really, it's it's the labor that's a lot more anyway, just because these are very detailed pieces. They're all handmade. You know, there's some like machine work, you know, you have a file and a buffer or things that get grinded down, but you know, it's a lot of handwork involvement. So that's really what takes the most time really to make sure that these are polished and perfect and hand setting the stones and have very, very tiny stones. So all that's done, um, you know, by hand. So I would say that's, that's the bigger cost that goes up really over the years. And even with covid was a struggle even making jewelry because everything was just shut down so that was that really caused like a big i guess a change at that moment because people were still buying jewelry at the time but oh, yeah, yeah that yeah. fluctuates but i i guess we just absorb absorb that and change based on that but we really keep everything the same for our customers where are your manufacturers based so they were always based in the U.S., all parts. So like the plating and, you know, the actual, I don't even want to call them manufacturers because they're very small 
they're very small shops, more like a uh, family owned businesses. So um, I really love supporting the small businesses since we're, you know, really still small. But now we've expanded, I would like to do more uh, metalsmith work like in Europe. So yeah, we've expanded around the world and who I work with just to see, you know, I, I like to explore different manufacturers and see their quality work. And some people do, some people just specialize in things like, for example, you know, stone setting, you know, maybe a specialty of like one manufacturer versus maybe just like metalwork only in other parts. So I have explored and researched and refined that of like, you know, this person does a better job doing this and this place is where I can get metal and this place is where I can place. So just I wanted to better manage that myself as opposed to just going one place. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to go for quality. Uh, after mm -hmm. all. You've got to keep your customers happy. If you're looking for jewelry manufacturers, um, I'm based in Birmingham and we have the jewelry quarter here, which That's is right. which is known for um, small boutique jewelry makers and jewelry designers. So if you hadn't heard of it, um, that's maybe one for you to explore. <laughs> I'm coming. I have yeah. to meet them. How do you market your products and where do you sell them besides your website? Right. That's how I started really everything online. And it's really been pretty organic. I have to say, as far as marketing, I used a lot of social media in the beginning. And it's been really just word of mouth and um, social media marketing. I have to say, I really haven't spent a lot of money on old, traditional advertising. So the marketing has really just been, you know, a lot of word of mouth. Um, I have worked with, you know, influencers and, and some smaller celebrities have worn my pieces. So that got the word out as well. And of course, you know, those, you know, were gift, you know, I've gifted things and then people have just bought on their own, which I'm super grateful of. So that's really how most of the word got, has gotten out. So I was primarily online and now I am, I am in some boutiques in the US. I am in a boutique in Tirana in Albania. So that's coin. And so they have my pieces and then I ship all over the world as well with the online business. So you know, has been amazing to at least see my pieces all over the world and just expanded, you know, the word of mouth and the reach. But I also do events around. I haven't done anything globally, which I'd love to next, but mostly in the U.S. where I do events so that they can at least, I, I like to meet everybody. So I'm there <laughs> so I can meet and greet, um, you know, meet new people. They can try on the jewelry. So that's different from the retail stores that I'm in. So I've been, you know, here, you know, Detroit based uh, in Michigan, some boot in pop up, I call them pop up shops um, in New York and Chicago and L.A. That's really another way that I can at least, you know, meet new people and get uh, exposure for the brand as well. That's brilliant. And who are your customers? Are they mainly Albanian or is there a mix? You know, it's a mix, which I'm super grateful of. I know a lot of people, I feel like when I talk to Albanians, they think I only have Albanian customers. And when I talk to non-Albanians, they're like, do Albanians know about you? So it's a really good mix, which I'm so, so grateful for. So I feel like globally, I would say it's mostly Albanians that have heard of me. Um, but here in the U.S., it, it's definitely a mix. And I even have some non-Albanians, you know, uh, purchase the heritage pieces, which are with the Albanian Eagle. So I really love seeing that. But that's what I originally wanted, even with Vise. You know, obviously it's Vise, it's an Albanian brand, and I really wanted to represent that. But I really wanted something that can transcend and other people be interested in an Albanian brand where I'm not just doing, you know, the Albanian Eagle trendy pieces, but I really wanted something that other people resonated with and then it's it's amazing jewelry amazing quality trendy 
you know, they feel great wearing it. And guess what? It's Albanian too. That's a sign that you've made it, I think, if your customer <laughs> base isn't so. 100% Albanian. <laughs> I love my Albanian supporters. They're amazing and loyal. But yeah, I really, I, I want to expose like our culture and, you know, where we're, because, you know, we're still not as well known. I feel like it's getting there, but I really want to expose that to more people for them to see, you know. Yeah. And hopefully be known for positive things. So Yes, exactly. So yeah, well done. Well done to you. You mentioned you're Detroit-based, and I'm a big Eminem fan. <laughs> That's right. So I need to ask you, have you ever bumped into him? You know, I'm so sad I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen him on the street or anything. But it's crazy his, I mean, his celebrity, his, uh, it just really is global. Because when I travel, like uh, when I've traveled in Europe, that's the first thing they ask me too about Eminem. So it's just so crazy how well known he is. But I feel like it speaks to how much we love Detroit in that even though he's a really big celebrity and probably has homes all over the country, he still has a house here and comes here. So they all like come back and stay in Detroit, but I haven't run into him, which is, and, and I think he lives really close to me actually, <laughs> like 20 minutes away. So he's in the suburbs. He's not even in the city. Um, I would go and no, stalk him if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's gated somewhere, but if I ever see him, I'm going to take a picture for you. <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, I asked because a childhood friend of mine actually lives in Detroit and he says oh. that He's really simple or humble, I should say. He they regularly run into him in the supermarkets. Like he yeah. would just go out on his own with a hoodie on. Like that, that's yeah. his nature. I so. believe that. I mean, I've heard people run into him, and like I said, I mean, he still has a house here, um, comes back here. So, um, but no, I'm not the lucky one that's run into him. Right. Let's switch the conversation back yes. to you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We can support yeah. him and him too. <laughs> So what's your background? Where were you born? When did you move to the USA? Yes. So I was, well, I'm from Montenegro. So I'm from Malcia. Um, Well, I'm from Bojai, which is very close to Albania. And my family actually emigrated here when I was, before I turned five. I was like four or five. So somehow, I don't know how I learned English so quickly, but I learned English and I was enrolled into school. So our first grade here is kindergarten so before first grade so i i somehow made it to school speaking english <laughs> um i am the oldest so uh my younger my other siblings so the second one was also born over there she was only like about a year and a half my second sister and then the uh, my other two siblings were born here but just being the oldest and you know helping my parents out I always had to be, you know, you know, this being the translator and supporting. So I just felt like I had to really, you know, jump into the American culture, be fully ingrained. You know, back then it really wasn't. I mean, yes, of course, we maintained all of our Albanian culture and, you know, heritage and all of that. But it was really, you know, you really had to dive in and be like American right away just because it wasn't, you know, an accepting thing. Now we, we weren't as global you know, late 80s, early 90s here in America as it is now. I remember doing the same thing in terms of interpreting for my parents. I think that's <laughs> yes. part of immigrant life. <laughs> right. Uh, the child picks up the language first. Right. And Nine years old, in... filling out government documents. <laughs> yeah, I filled prepared in so many me. forms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It prepared me. It definitely prepared me in life. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was a fun uh, time. Yeah, I bet. You haven't always been running Vise, obviously. So you started off going to business school and then you had a 
typical corporate career. How did you make the jump into running your own business? I imagine it would have been a little bit daunting, right, to just hand in your resignation and 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 run a, your own business. There would have been loads of risks and loads of scary thoughts running through your mind. Right, especially you know, coming from, you know, quote unquote, the corporate world, right? Everyone considers that's very stable. You know, you have your nine to five, you have your paycheck, you have your benefit. And especially just being used to that, it's very different jumping into entrepreneurship where you just have to rely on yourself. And there's a lot of volatility in that. As I mentioned, you know, before when we were just talking about growing up and, you know, I just never felt like the arts was a career, even though I took my studio art classes in high school. You know, I never felt that it was you know, a job. So I went into business school. My degree is actually in finance. And I, I still enjoyed that and learned a lot. I, I was good in academics. And, you know, from there, right, I went into the corporate world. I didn't do finance as much. I, I deviated from that and went into market research. But, you know, this was still something that was like itching when I was starting like the other company. I did that at the same time. So I was running parallel. So I was having like that other small business and doing, you know, my, my nine to five, and then you'd have your, no, quote unquote, five to nine after work, um, really just ran, (laughs) I try, but it really just ran parallel. You know, you have to do both things all day long, basically. It was really, I I think what for me, I, I tried to make it logical, but I feel like my creative brain, I was just feeling very much emotional about it because I was running Voice at the same time, actually, as you know, my corporate job, it just felt like, I think there was just like a moment that it clicked for me that I'm like, you know, this will just make me that much happier. I still liked learning and I was, you know, thriving and I I feel like working, you know, in that kind of structured environment still taught me a lot of skills and I never took that for granted. And I, you know, suggest that to everyone that because I feel like entrepreneurship is very much um, being highlighted right now and saying that's the way and everyone's, you know, miserable at their desk jobs. That's not I think there's things that make you happy and unhappy in each of those. And you have to figure that out. Um, So like I said, you know, the skills that I learned and, you know, I'm doing that now, even in my creative quote unquote entrepreneur job, I have to do a lot of management as well. So I really appreciated those things, but I just knew, you know, I would fully be happy doing this. So it wasn't even about, you know, it wasn't even a logical sense of which one I'm going to make more money in or, you know, what's the right time. It's never the right time, really. You really have to go with your gut and what you're feeling and what you're going to make, what's going to make you happier. So that's really how I I made my decision, and I knew I was just going to, you know, fully jump into this. Yeah, I mean, experiences are cumulative at the end of the day, right? I exactly. bet if you started Vise at eighteen, you probably <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have got it to where you got it now. But it was that experience in your in your corporate job where you picked up some key skills to enable you to be successful in what you're doing today. So that's no surprise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even starting a business, you know, it's so calculated. And of course, you want a business planned and to set up the right things. But sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And you have to experience something in order to know what your next move is. I mean, that's the one thing is you have to be very flexible and be able to pivot, you know, because you don't know there, there's a lot of you know great opportunities that would come with certain things. And then there's mistakes that are going to come along the way that you really can't prepare for. I mean, you're always learning, I bet you're learning from your mistakes as well, right? You know, if something doesn't work, you switch strategy and you move on to the next one because you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what yes. what what, uh, what line will be successful. You don't know what design will, will be the best seller. So you right. constantly have to keep switching styles and keep evolving. 
Yes, absolutely. There's always a reworking of things and trying new things. And I mean, there's like a period where I was like, okay, this year I'm going to just say yes to everything, even if I don't think it's a good opportunity. So just like the trial and error, I just wanted to learn from something. You also do some charitable work with Vice. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do in that respect? Yes, absolutely. And that was something I really wanted to be a part of my mission when I started, just because of like the background of women. And I wanted to make sure I helped women in different ways and young girls. So, you know, my original mission was just to help nonprofits that support, you know, young girls and women. It's really expanded. So, you know, if anybody comes to me, I really want to support any kind of um, nonprofit work. But I've worked with people like Glam for Good, which is, you know, they kind of donate any kind of a feminine like products or goods to other women. You know, there was hurricanes here locally, like in the U.S. and that I've helped with. There's Methodist Children's Home Society. So they just help, you know, foster children. So I've donated and been a part of their events. Um, and then something like more specific that I've helped with with the jewelry world is there's um, an organization called Detroit Phoenix Center. So they help the youth in Detroit. And I actually designed their their logo. So we made it into like a pendant and a necklace. And that was, you know, given out for donations. And I've been a part of their events. And we've actually worked to, we're going to work on like a jewelry making class for um, the young kids, eventually when they start up like classes for them, like after school programs. So that was great. I've also, uh, this is just, you know, monetary donations, but donated to Fundiava Drishme when there was like the earthquake in Albania. Yeah, so a lot of other small ones, but those were the, the bigger organizations that I've been involved with. Good on you. I bet it's really Thank fulfilling you. to be able to give something back. And it's not just, it's not just about you. It's also about doing your bit for the community and you sticking true to your theme in terms of what vice represents which is women and especially younger people so um you should be really proud of that thank you very much i mean i just feel like we're blessed enough to have what we have i, I have to give back in any way and you know especially with a platform where it encourages others to i feel like that's important is you know when when we do things like this you know we encourage our community and so hopefully with a growing community we can just help that much more what do you do outside of Vise and outside of giving money away to charities? <laughs> Is there another life outside of Vise? Uh, what do I do? This takes a lot of my time and I meet a lot of people through it, which is amazing. But other than that, you know, I spend, I try to spend a lot of time with my family and friends. Um, I love to travel. That actually gives me a lot of inspiration. You know, when I'm kind of outside of my element and my usual day to day, I feel like that's where I get the most inspiration, just seeing you know, different environments, different cultures, how other people live. I think that's really refreshing and inspires, you know, even when I design. So I love doing that. I try to be creative in other ways, just because I feel like, you know, when you're in one industry, I think you have to do something else creative to inspire you or just keep that kind of going. So I like to paint and draw and I like do my own nails and anything beauty, I feel like kind of stimulates that side of the brain. Now you're just showing yeah, off. that's all I have time for, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now you're just showing off. Oh, stop. No. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. You mentioned you get inspiration from places that you travel. Is that in using other people's cultures, for example, and their their designs, their, their jewelry, their dresses, in bringing that out into your jewelry designs? 
Yeah, for example, I mean, I mean, actually really also inspired just like by like the architecture and the way a city is set up, you know, sometimes I feel like the details on that really inspire me and just to see how that works in a city and how that looks. And also, yeah, there other, yeah, other women that I see in different countries, like their style and just how they present themselves. So not the specific details, but I'm like, you know, what is this kind of giving me? What is this feeling? You know, cause it's like, you know, usually just a very effortless style. And I'm like, you know, how can I incorporate that? Cause it, it just really like hits me and I see that and I look at it and um, it inspires me to at least think differently. Yeah, you've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep yes. evolving, keep bringing out new items, new lines. You can't just stand still. Right. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we close off? Well, I just want to thank you. I appreciate you that you think of Vise as successful and me as successful. Um, I really love what you're doing. So, you know, I hope, you know, we can inspire other Albanians, to, you know, in different lines of work. So thank you again. Now, thank you as well for making the time to to join me on the podcast. And yes, to supplement what you just said, we do want to inspire uh, other Albanians to pursue their dreams. Hopefully they can excel in business, their careers, creativity, whatever it is that they're good at. Absolutely. And they have a whole Albanian community to support them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, definitely. And uh, there's a lot of Albanians in, in Michigan, I hear. Oh, yes. We have a ton. It's It's very, I feel like Michigan, New York are the big ones. So yes, yeah. we have a huge population if you ever want to visit. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to America. I'd, oh, I'd wow. love to visit. Yeah. Please come. It's just so vast as well. There's so many places oh, I yes. want to go. So I keep pushing it back because I think if I ever, when I eventually I do go to America, I want to be able to visit the East Coast, the West oh, Coast, yeah. everywhere. But maybe I and should it's a big, slow. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of, it's a big distance. But if you're coming here, you should visit all the, the, the hot spots. <laughs> yeah, just rent a car and just right. you know, keep driving around. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, thank you once again. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll speak soon. Stay in touch and yes. take care. Thank you. Cheers.